Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in into today's episode of Creative Habits Podcast. How you doing today, my love? Good, how are you? I can't complain. Um, so let's talk about that Oprah interview with Harry and Meghan, uh, the ex-royalty members. What were your thoughts about it? Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, well, I guess... Harry and Meghan left um, their family because of signs of, uh, I guess, stress and racism and media and whatever rich people have to deal with, <laughs> they uh, they had to get out. What do you think about it? Um, I think that what was being discussed was justifiable. Um and Megan was explaining how the experience made her feel like she didn't want to be alive anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess Harry thought about leaving that situation because that's how he felt his mom lost her life. Mm -hmm. She died in a car accident, but prior to that, she had um, been feeling very down and suicidal. So he felt like the cycle was repeating itself and he didn't want to be involved with his family. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, she married into a royal family mm -hmm. that basically has um, a microscope on it 24-7. Um, I guess the BBC and all those news channels and media outlets in the UK um, really focus on those type of people. I guess it's like Kim and... and Kanye's type of relationship in the in the states. I think it's even bigger and on a global scale mm -hmm. more popular because they are royalty. Um, but the whole scandal behind why it was such a big no no um, to like just British traditions and everything is that side of the family is very private mm -hmm. and very quiet about um, their lifestyle and their livelihood. So for the two of them to have like a tell all about their experience would probably um, strengthen that separation between those two families. I'm trying to figure out like you married into a family that history is based on colonization of the, the planet and the world's resources. And a strong history of racism. I mean, I understand the love aspect, but did she thought it was going to be like a Disney type situation? I can see what you mean. Um, and I definitely see that from my perspective. Like, it's probably expected to kind of, if you're marrying into a family that's, you know, very British and very, like, historically rulers of other countries and other places due to colonization. Um, that could have been something that should have been thought about, you know, before experiencing or living that lifestyle. But I think that maybe she thought that love would over overpower those that thought. Or maybe she thought that they would be more supportive of her. Mm -hmm. Um, and welcome her into the family. She did mention that the queen wasn't the issue and she had been fully embraced by the queen. Um, but there were discussions about how her their child was too dark um, prior to the baby being actually born and what that may look like if the baby came out to be dark. Another thing that they said is that um, the quote-unquote institution, they were saying the word institution but not really... Mm sharing who the institution was like was it a specific family member or was it like an institution of a group of people that make a decision for the royal family 
But they were explaining how um, they made the t- decision that Archie, the son of Meghan and Harry, wouldn't be a prince and he wouldn't have like protection like the other children. So security protection. So who would make that decision? Like the royal court? Like, I don't know. They call it the institution, but they weren't in the interview explaining who the institution was. Mm. So from what I got from the conversation, I felt like it was Prince Harry's father who Mm. had the main issue about their union, but also about the unborn child at the time. So I think the decision of them moving to America would have been a little bit easier for Megan because she would have been closer to her family, Mm -hmm. but also away from that toxic situation, which she kind of stated as toxic because she wanted to end her life. It's weird. Like, she's a a very fair-skinned woman, and how would they... Why would they concern beyond about how dark Archie would be when he's born? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. That's a good question. But maybe even the fact that she has one drop of black in her mm. could completely shift Harry's children, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren. Mm. And maybe that trace of just blackness is a disgrace to the family. I don't know. But that's a good point. Maybe they don't want to... Um make their family blood unpure, I guess, right? Yeah, maybe. It's but I thought that they already had a black family member in the family, a mixed-raced person. Who was that? Um, Queen Elizabeth. I don't know. I don't know these names. I'm sorry. I should know. Mm-hmm. But there is a royal member of the family that was mixed-race, way down along the line. Like in the early... Can't tell you. No. But I know that there's some trace somewhere. Um, But even with that, I'm just like, it's kind of sad. Not sad, but it's kind of ironic how British is supposedly considered to be more neutral and more accepting of races and interracial relationships Mm -hmm. than they do in the United States. That's what they promote and that's what they kind of like say. But this is like become a huge scandal because they are also facing similar racist behaviors that, you know, America's very visibly open and it's noticeable. But in Britain, it's kind of like, you know... Subtle racism. Subtle racism or racism that isn't as blatant as here until this whole big story came out. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I understand, like, the pressure. Well, I don't understand. I'm not famous or rich or don't have like media talking about my life but how how did it become so stressful that she wanted to commit suicide like because they said that she couldn't go anywhere mm, so she was trapped she was trapped and she said that harry most of the time had to do appearances and different meetings in different countries and at the time she was pregnant and, you know, she just wanted to go outside to get a cup of coffee but because she's royalty. You can't just go and get coffee mm. like you have to ask permission. And when she asked permission to, you know, have friends over or go out, they would say, no, it's not it does. It's not a good look for the institution if you do that, if you're seen outside. Mm. So she kind of felt trapped and she felt like she didn't really have space to be herself. And then on top of that, just microaggressions and blatant subtle you know spews of racism yeah that yeah. kind of made her feel displaced and alone it sounds like a prison to be honest mm-hmm. it sounds like a straight prison what's the point of having that title if you can't do whatever you want right but i don't think it works that way like i feel like because it's, they're so private and you know they're just supposed to look like these group of people that have everything going for them and everything together. And, you know, they're supposed to be the rulers of right. the United Kingdom and making really big decisions. I guess keeping the family private and quiet and, you know, just looking pretty for pictures is pretty much the picture that they wanted to paint for the narrative of that, you know, yeah, that level of royalty. Because it's not like celebrity. It's almost bigger like than a celebrity. 
because it's almost like what you're a king and a queen and you mm-hmm. have your prince your duchess your all of that yeah um would it be a possibility that archie i mean if all this didn't happen would it be a possibility that archie would have like a, a right to the throne when he was older um, I'm not necessarily sure because I think that it goes first to the oldest son. That's okay. why Prince Harry, I don't think, will become king. I think his brother would probably become king. Yeah. Um, but I'm not necessarily sure. If anything were to happen to his older brother, he may have the throne. Yeah. But he should, like, Archie should have some title. And the institution is saying when Meghan came into the picture that they wanted to reevaluate mm. the titles. Yeah. So she felt like, okay, well, why would you want to reevaluate things just because my son is now in the picture? So there was clearly no explanation besides the fact that she was like, oh, well, maybe because he's part, part, partially black. He's probably like a quarter, because isn't she? I think she's yeah, next you to us. Yeah, she's a quarter black. Uh. But, um, yeah, I mean... As far as, like, relationship-wise, it made me think about, like, how, you know, so many people are accepting of, like, oh, well, that's just how my mom is, or, oh, that's just how my dad is, or that's just how my family is. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they left because, you know, somebody felt uncomfortable, is that how things should be? Like, is that a normal way of removing yourself from a situation where you feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Because now, like, I don't think that he's... They took his title too, right? Harry, they took uh, Harry's title. I mean, they left, you know, they left. And I think that if you've left, you no longer have those duties or Mm. titles. Um, So just my thought is like, you know, he no longer has a relationship with his family. And now he has this very immediate family. But it's like, is, is that like a... A healthy thing to do? to remove yourself and not work through the problems. I think for him, because him and his brother have been through a lot, right? They, mm-hmm. I remember very early, uh, I think watching this on the news, of Harry and his brother, um, when their mother died, Princess Diana died, they um, were walking with the casket, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you have hundreds of cameras on you and you're just a kid you know and the pressure of not understanding why your mother passed away or and then I don't know maybe like that whole reality of that situation of being in that being a royal and having cameras on you 24-7 and news people talking to you 24-7 you have to make appearances all the time it's like you don't really have a regular life you don't know what regular life is and maybe the racism situation was not an excuse but a way out to maybe try to live live a regular life with his family yeah not only that because i feel like what you just shared did add into the equation but their parents were divorced so already Mm. that could have been really tough like their parents divorced and then their dad had um you know married right away his love interest prior to princess diana yeah and the way that they used to write about princess diana right before she died they didn't paint her in a very good light the same way as right so i think that that was something that was triggering harry where it's like okay well it might be a repeat. Uh, you guys were doing yeah. all these things to my mom, you know, and they had, you know, Diana had primary custody of the children. Yeah. So I think that's something that triggers you that much. And to think that you're the person that you love is going to experience the same, you know, I kind of think that it was justifiable for them to leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, to leave that situation. And they're okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're not poor. Right now, they don't have jobs or, like, there's no stream of income coming from the royal family, but yeah. they just got a deal from Netflix. Yeah, and a podcast. Right, so they'll be good. And Tyler Perry gave them, I think... They uh, live in Italia. Yeah, li- living on his estate or whatever. So they'll be good. And, and the popularity of this show, they'll be good. So it's not like they're going to be struggling, but I think that there will be, you know, distance from the royal family. Yeah, 
I just hope nothing bad happens to either one of them. You know, there's a lot of conspiracies on how Princess Diana died and whatnot. I just hope that they will live their life to the fullest and, and raise mm-hmm. their children to the fullest, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an important story, but at the end of the day, I think it's like common sense, you know. The, that whole institution, well, not the whole institution, but a lot of that institution over there is, is, is built on like shiesty stuff. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I also... You know, the reason why I even watched it from beginning to end is, like, at the end of the day, we're all people, you know, and we have, like, experiences in life. No matter what your bank account looks like, you know, it's really hard to deal with, like, family issues and situations. So I can understand, like, having complaints and issues that you have to, like, face and then, you know, having to leave. The only difference is that you have, like, you know, a platform to share this narrative and I guess make a difference because they will be go down in history as, you know, the part of the royal family that left the royal family because they were so to- toxic and racist. Yeah. Um, so, like, I acknowledge, like, their experience. Um, so, like, I'm, I am sympathetic towards them. Like, I don't feel like it's stupid for them to complain about their issues because everybody has issues regardless of, mm-hmm. you know, what your rank is or what your classification is as a person. I do feel like both of them will be happy because I know another thing that they were saying was even when she was trying, like prior to the whole racist thing, you know, to be the face of like this family and embracing the livelihood and being a part of the institution, they would write such horrible articles about her the same way that they wrote about Michelle Obama. And there was a story that she shared where... There was, like, an article. Like, she said she never read anything in the news, but, like, her family and her friends were like, okay, you really need to see what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And they wrote this article about how she made um, uh, Prince Harry's brother's wife cry. And it was over wedding dresses. And she was explaining to Oprah, like, that's that's the thing that frustrates me because she made me cry. Mm. And nobody in the institution rectified that situation or stood up for me. They just let that story go. And the fact that even my sister-in-law didn't say anything, you know, like kind of tore her apart because it was her wedding and they were making it seem like, you know, she had to do things their way rather than her way of what she wanted and at the end of the day she was just she started crying but then the article came out as in the opposite you know like the black girl made the white girl cry yeah the only positive media that they had was just surrounding the wedding Mm -hmm. you know um, what's that one guy uh, on BBC uh, BBC in the morning Pierce Morgan he would trash her a lot and still trash her apparently um, she denied him Back in the day when she was an actress. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <So>. whatever. <laughs> but um, he had a lot of like pushback. I think like over fourteen hundred people complained to um, the the company, and he had um, I forget what the lady name name was, but she was Sharon like, Osbourne. No, nah, not her. It was um, I think she was a Nigerian lady. Oh yeah, she tore him apart. Yeah, she tore him apart, and then another co-host tore him apart, and they showed the biases that he had against, you know. Yeah, you know, I think that in the day and age that we live in, a lot of people who are racist don't consider themselves racist because they're not saying the N-word. Mm. But there are other ways and innuendos where you can make someone experience racism without you even knowing. And I think Pierce Morgan is a person... You know, anyone that was writing articles about, you know, that situation, whether or not they're aware of their racism, they are racist. Mm. But you can't tell them that because they're not racist. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone has a little racism within them. All races? All races. Mm. You know, we all have our prejudgments of people. Yeah. You know, but... It's, it's, it's just weird. 
I read somewhere that uh, Oprah made $7 million off of that interview. Yeah. I mean, she's interviewing some of the biggest people in the world right now. I get it, but is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing for her. A good thing for her, yeah. <laughs> Not for us, like, you know. $7 million. We just, I, I watched it and I gave it a rating, so. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever experienced racism within, I guess, a workplace? Yeah. Every work situation that I've had. Because I've worked in a majority white setting. Mm. And even if that white setting was progressive or, you know, advanced and inclusive of black people and brown people, um, there were certain situations where there was microaggressions or blatant racism. Yes. What was, like, you don't have to, like, name any names or say where you work, but give give me an example of, like, one of the, the, the most racist things you... Um, experienced? Experienced, yeah. In a workplace? Yeah. Um, well, I would say when I was eight months pregnant, and I went to open the building of my workplace. Number one... I was opening a building in my workplace in a neighborhood where one person shouldn't be working, but mm-hmm. that was the situation at the time. And the alarm went off. And because I was pregnant, I was freaking out because I felt like, okay, what if somebody's in there and I'm by myself? The alarm was going off and I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was worried because it was also a time and age where, you know, black people would be getting shot just because they're standing there. So I'm like, okay, what if I'm not dressed like I'm going to work? I'm dressed like in sweatpants and things because I'm supposed to be cleaning in this building. So if I get there and the cops show up and they're seeing me standing there, are they going to think that like I broke into the building? So I call my boss and my boss is like, well, can you like walk through the building and see if anybody's there? Why would you ask me to do that? You know? Mm. And I know for a fact that if I was in a different setting, at the other location, that wouldn't have been my responsibility. And because there were more people in that setting, in that other building, there would have been more people to assist with that. Mm-hmm. And she, re- that person refused to come to the building to help me because she was going to some seminar or some workshop. Mm. Whereas instead of like going to see what's happening with your own establishment, you know... You leave it up to the, the pregnant, you know, woman to figure it out. So I end up calling my parents and I'm like, this is a situation I need help. And I'm freaking out because, you know, like I'm also pregnant, but I don't feel comfortable doing this alone. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I have to call my parents who are not hired by that person, number one, is a problem. So they come and mind you, it's negative. I mean, not even negative. It's 20 degrees, 15 to 20 degrees. I excise. So the wind is blowing. It's cold outside. You know, I'm trying to figure out. So I ended up calling the cops. And then the cops are like, you know, you can't, you're not the owner of this building. The owner has to come. So I'm trying to get this person to come to the building. And they don't come to the building. They're, they're like trying to find ways not to come to the building and make me figure out the situation. Mm. But it's not my company. So eventually she comes and like, you know, she sees that I'm freaking out. But even after that and the situation is rectified, I had to work that day. Mm. Um, another time I was asked to, um, just meet up with a group of like workers that were supposed to deliver furniture for that space. And I was just like, I can't carry anything. This was like after I had spent a week in the hospital and the person was just like, well, you don't have to do anything. You just tell them to put the stuff in the building. So I was just like, okay, fine. And I go and (laughs) mind you, between those times, I'm like throwing up and like, you know, it's just I'm big pregnant wise. And the 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 people with the delivery of the furniture come and they were like, well, we're not quoted to bring anything in the building. And so I had to drag tables and chairs in the building. And I explained that to like, you know, my supervisor at the time. And they were like, oh, well you know, you don't have to like break them down. You just put them in the building. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if I was just like, you know, a blonde pregnant woman, would that have been in the same situation? Mm. 
would that be a situation where you, you, you know, would you have taken me in consideration rather than, you know, not because of who I was? Those are like two small examples that I could think of like off the top, but I know for a fact, like I feel like if that that was somebody else in, you know, my setting that didn't look like me, I don't think they had to do that. Mm. So just being given really shitty jobs for something that I wasn't even qualified or hired to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. That was long, but <laughs> No, that's that's terrible, man. That's <clears throat> just really shitty people out here man yeah i mean i think the stress of just being a black woman in the work setting is horrible because at the end of the day like i felt like i had my child early because i was so stressed off of Mm -hmm. that just experience Mm -hmm. of doing things that i shouldn't have been doing yeah yeah i never really uh had that type of racism what was your experience? That intense, but I've been to jobs where I've, you know, just like manual labor jobs where you're talked down to or you are, you're deemed less than mm-hmm. because you have a certain position. Yeah. You know, um, especially in like customer service, people don't, a lot of people, I don't care what race you are, a lot of people do not really show compassion to customer service or respect or respect you know you know essential workers it, we just had COVID essential workers were like the main workforce that was keeping everything going grocery mm-hmm. stores um, um, people who drive buses and, 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 and public transportation and hospitals like those type of people, even fast food restaurants, those type of people didn't get the same type of respect as a, a high paid doctor or whatever, whatever title. Yeah, that's have. sad, you but know, it's, it's real. It, I don't think it's, I don't think it's racism, but I think people just don't hold give other people as much value as they give themselves at the end of the yeah. day. I mean, definitely. And I can give another example where one of my coworkers who was above me, like in ranks of position, was just like, yeah, we basically hired you because, you know, we needed a face that was similar for the community so that we can, you know, get that opportunity and convince them that this this is the right move to, you know, choose a space and be a part of the space. So I was the face, you know, like the... the black person that had to get everybody on board and for me that was insulting even though she was saying it and I feel like a a manner that wouldn't be considered racist or you know biased but for me I felt insulted because I'm like I didn't go to school to get these degrees to be the face of something like I want you to really hire me because I'm good at what I do not what you think would be great for that demographic of people just to see a black face because what if I was shitty at my job but the fact that they just hired me because I was a black person I'm like okay yeah that's messed up but a lot of a lot of jobs and opportunities usually in my experience they're just trying to check off a quota yeah and it's 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 Concerning. I remember this quote. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people don't like her, but her name is uh, Omarosa. Mm-hmm. She was on this talk show saying that um, white women can be mediocre and still get ahead in life, but black women will have to work a thousand times harder just to get a foot in the door. That you know was I mean? unfortunately a similar quote that I was raised over. Even if you're good, you have to be better. Mm-hmm. And I think that sucks for me because I've always lived my life trying to be perfect mm. because I needed to be not 100%, but 110 or, or as close as 200% as possible. Mm. And that just mm. kind of makes me inauthentic. Yeah, yeah. It's Almost like living like you have to apologize for who you are. Have you ever come across like, subtle racism outside of like the workplace 
whether it be like around peers or at school or for me I like that's the thing because I feel like I understand the definition of racism I don't see it as subtle like I see it as racism Mm -hmm. um but to answer your question I had a I had a really good friend of mine in college like we were very close as in like you know if we were partying that night I'd go sleep over that house Mm -hmm. but we were um at the metro station on Georgia Avenue and we were returning from like shopping or something. I don't remember what we were doing. But there was a metro cart full of black people. They're like, no, you can't we, let's not go into this cart. There's too many black people. Mm-hmm. So I'm like looking there like, okay, well, what did you think I was this whole time? Mm-hmm. And just the fact Hold that up. they you said were, that you were that that black friend that always uh that white people always say, I got a black friend. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. was. And I, I mean, I went to university or college at the time. There wasn't that many. Like, I could count all the black people on my hand. Yeah. And we knew each other because we were very few. And I also noticed that in classes, they would separate us mm-hmm. just to fill in the space. Like, well, you know, we have a black student here. We have a black. Like, I wouldn't see them unless we were in the hallway. But there was very rarely until I got into senior year where we all saw each other in the same class, but we would like be one black person. And then in those lectures, if anything came up about racism or like the black experience, had to be the one to answer for all black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've, I've dealt with, see, it's weird because I hear your stories, but I've never like dealt with that type. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I've worked at a job, a school photographer, where I notice certain things when I go to like different schools, like um, in Northern Maryland, um, they're not there's not that many black people, and I've seen teachers, I guess quote unquote discipline. Mm-hmm black students way stricter than they would discipline Mm -hmm. white students especially little black girls um ah that's that's interesting you say black girls because i see a lot of black boys mm -hmm. when i was in the educational system like for elementary school where the majority of the black boys were in special education and it's funny you said that because each time a school deems uh, a child with like dyslexia or special needs or whatever, they get a paycheck from the state. So the more black students or more students that they say have these problems, the more money they get from the state. Where that money goes, I don't know. But it's just interesting that it starts from youth. You know, it starts from from the kids. So kids, <clears throat> excuse me become conditioned to racism you know almost to a point that it's normalized it's normalized and you end up not really believing in your potential or even yourself Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like if you grow up with somebody telling you're not shit for your whole life by the time you're older you're gonna believe i'm not shit and that's that's kind of why i'm just like it's really scary how much control the society that we live in has over black people. And I know that a lot of us educate ourselves at a certain point, like whether it's from our upbringing or when we get older, but some educational systems do not acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, black history or black excellence Hmm. is factual because they, you know, some places do treat and teach black children like they're dumb and they yeah. they won't get anywhere in life. And if you start them off that way, then that's what you create in a person. Like you create a person that doesn't believe in the many things that they're capable of. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a lot of a lot of different ways they um try to influence the negative aspects on African Americans or minorities, period, whether it be food, deserts, um, racism within the schools, racism outside of schools, just 
everything, everything is like coming at you from so many different ways. It is. It could be, you know, the food deserts or just what we were talking about, about Megan and Harry, like the way that they painted her. Even if she wasn't fully 100% black, if you have some sort of blackness in you, they will find a way to paint a picture mm. where you're the bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw that with, you know, Michelle Obama when she was pre- president and how, you know, they will call her monkey or ape Super or just very disrespectful things that you're not supposed to say about, you know, a person. And she was the most elegant first lady ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she had so much style and mm-hmm. and grace and, and charm. Like, how can you not like who she is and what she represented as mm-hmm. as a person? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like Or I even feel like, Barack Obama. They yeah. they clowned him from wearing a, a, a brown suit to mm-hmm. <laughs> at one of his speeches to say yeah, he was looking him, like a pimp or a, a, a uh, a preacher or something like that or him like smoking big cigarettes being something like he you know painting him like he was you know yeah. a drug addict or even shit a lot of people don't know that uh, Martin Luther King used to smoke cigarettes but they never yeah know. but we have someone that can grab people by the pussies and you know nothing right. really happens right right so I kind of feel like we are moving in a direction where People are speaking up, like, you know, Megan has about her experience. People are not, you know, very quick to having the system educate their children. You know, people are doing the extra work to educate their children at home and giving them information that they may not be getting at school. Yeah. Or just... Have you ever experienced racism within your own race? Um... I've experienced prejudice, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've experienced racism because I think the difference between racism and being having an implicit bias or being prejudiced is that racism means that you think that your race is superior over another. But mm-hmm. if I have someone within my race, I don't think that that's racism because we're the same color. So somebody within our race can't see themselves more superior than could be ethnocentrism Mm. because that's a cultural thing Mm. but I don't see it as racism because Mm -hmm. racism is like the person who's the majority of the 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 country or the space that you're in that is superior meaning that they rule the world and they make the decisions and they don't get stopped you know for simple things like a traffic light or you know, getting incarcerated because they smoked a joint yeah. or, you know, killed 12 people in a church. Mm-hmm. There's like very different differences between the two. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just don't see. I don't think that a black person can be racist over another black person. Do you? Can you? Ben Carson. It was this one dude. Um. Uncle Uncle Ruckus type dude. I forget what his name is, but he was a black sheriff, and he would do and say everything to paint black people in a negative light. A little bit of whizzing, but um, I don't know. I've I've experienced some type of prejudice within. Well, do you consider it racism? Yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. What was the story? Um, Just, well, maybe it's not racist. Growing up, I was a chubby kid. Um, Wasn't always the cool guy. And I used to get picked on a lot. You know, by athletes and people within the cool crowds and, you know, people who think they're more better or superior than you, than me, because they looked a certain way or performed a certain way that I didn't. Was that racism or fat shaming? Maybe both. Or shaming in general. Shaming in general, but maybe both. I don't know. Bullying. 
But isn't racism bullying? I don't think so. I think it's, it's, a, it's a form of bullying, though. I think bullying could fall under the category of racism, but racism in itself is systematic. Mm. It's designed to push people down who don't look a certain way and lift people up who look a certain way. If yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah, I could see that. I could see that because kids do the same thing when they bully. They push people down who are not as cool as them or they deem not as cool as them. Did you have a teacher that stood up for you? Never. Mm. And you couldn't really go tell teachers back then. No, you couldn't. You had to deal with it by yourself. Yeah, you would be called a snitch. Or if you told, if you got into a little scuffle and you wouldn't tell your parents, um, who won? Um, don't come back in here unless you win the fight or I'm going to yeah. kick your ass. Like, shit like that. A I lot mean, of people deal with shit like that. I still, I guess I wouldn't see it as racism because you even be if right. you had that group of people that thought about you that way, somebody could have thought that you were very beautiful. It was just the environment that you were in. Whereas yeah. racism, it's like everybody believes that. Hmm. Like everybody who thinks that you know, a certain group of people shall rule the world. Like the majority feels that way. Mm -hmm. As in we all speak the English language, not by by choice, but it's the system. Mm -hmm. You know, like we all are educated under a Western perspective, not by choice, but that's the system. Globally. Whereas I think that your situation, that, that wasn't obviously by choice, but if you were in a different environment or a different setting, it could be potentially different. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. But I, you know, I, I just look at it as different things. I'm still trying to figure out why everyone is surprised that the kings and queens over there and the princes and their little royal court has racist tendencies. I don't think a black person would have been surprised. Mm -mm. But a different race that didn't think about it could be could be surprised or they could be like, why is Megan even saying something? And being disrespectful to the royal family. How dare she? Because that's the conversation too. A lot of British people are upset that the, they had to tell all with Oprah because of, of that situation because they're supposed to be very private about mm-hmm. those type of things. Like, it's not like racism isn't discussed. Yeah, yeah. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, I understand a lot of what you're saying, and I understand a lot of what I witnessed through, like, the tell-all of this interview. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, it made me think about... As a people in our experiences, you know, can one be compassionate about a situation, even if there's a common sense or a common thread of understanding that they came from a family, you know, Mm. that has a history of hate and colonialism and control? That's what I'm saying. Like, I understand the love aspect, but she willingly married into a family with that type of history. I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that rooted history for hundreds of years, if not almost a thousand years of just pure fuckery. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I think that's part of the issue that comes along with interracial or different cultural relationships Mm -hmm. or partnerships. Because you do have to make a decision. Do I want to be with this person and deal with their their shit? You know, their family Mm -hmm. bullcrap? And, you know, make a decision of that. And some people can't, you know, like some people can't deal with that. Um, I dated someone in college briefly. And the time that I was supposed to, like, quote unquote, meet his family, you know, I was very ecstatic about that. And at the time, like my father wasn't even keen on it because he didn't want me to be in a interracial relationship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excuse me. And. 
So I was willing to like, you know, do everything in my power to like make that situation work with that person. So like, you know, my family, you know, I was having issues with that. And I was like, you know, I'm willing to do any everything, whatever, it's fine. On the other hand, when his parents came, you know, overseas to visit him, he was just like, I can't do this. Mm. It's, it just can't work. Yeah. They're, 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 they're going to hate you because you're black. And yeah. I love my parents more than I love you mm. is very much what he said to me. Yeah. And as devastating as it was to me at that time, I think that now thinking back on it, I can understand mm. because he was honest, you know, like he was honest about what that situation would have looked like. And that's real. It's like kind of a decision that some people have to make. Yeah. Whether, you know, I'm sure she probably knew, you know, and maybe her experiences as a mixed race person, it's like you do can probably catch on both sides of how each other, you know, how each other, that's a whole different perspective. And it's like, you're almost understanding of both sides. So she probably knew, but was just willing to, to take that leap Mm. rather than push herself away from that situation. That's got to be a lot because relationships in itself is a lot, but also having to deal with that, that and being trapped is a lot. A and I can big understand. Big castle and not being able to do anything mm-hmm. like get a damn coffee or hang out with your friends. I wonder if she was able to uh, see her moms. That I'm probably sure they would have arranged, mm-hmm. but maybe something like going to the grocery store because that's what she used to do. Like, I'm sure she can't. Well, I could see that, like, regular, like, famous people Already can. celebrity can, yeah, but there's specific the places you stores. can go, you know? Like, I'm sure there's, like, a Beverly Hills grocery store you can walk out of. Nah, a few paparazzi, paparazzi here and there. Paparazzi, and get that. wait out, wait at people, uh, places like that. Yeah, but. You know, um, a lot of, it's weird, because a lot of famous people, well, maybe it's not weird. A lot of famous people have to go through therapy mm-hmm. and a lot of them fall in depression you know it's funny you say that she requested to see someone and they didn't let her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She maybe res- they didn't maybe they they knew what was going to happen so they didn't mm-hmm. maybe they maybe they wanted her to you know go off the deep end maybe but she said like she told, quote unquote, the institution, I'm not feeling good and I'm about to hurt myself. So can I go see somebody? And they said no. Yeah. 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 So she tried. I mean, she tried all that she could possibly try to make it work. But at the end of the day, I do I do believe that she made the right decision for her family. I wonder how they made their escape. They announced they said we're not doing this no more. And they left. Oh, so they didn't have to sneak out of the castle. They just they did, up. but I'm sure they had to write like some form of formal letter saying, you know, a contract saying that we're no longer a part of this family. Because mm. what she was saying in the interview is that they had everything. Like she couldn't have a phone. They took her passport. Like they she take all of your things. Yeah, they take everything that she owns so that you, they don't have. Like other people don't have access to it, and you don't have access to it to do whatever you want. Why though? Like why would they do that? Because they're the institution. They want to control. So, do you think that they drove Princess Diana to do that? Like, no, because I mean, they the 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 in the papers, like on 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 text, it says that she got into a car crash because of paparazzi or something mm-hmm. was chasing her. But what if it wasn't? I think there's a lot of I do believe there's some gray that. areas surrounding that. But prior to her death, she had an interview similar to the one that her son and Megan had. And she was talking real spicy. And she was talking spicy and she was dishing the situation of the institution the same mm-hmm. way that Megan was. Yeah. About how, you know, she didn't want to continue her life and she felt trapped. But also the fact that nobody stood up for her. She was also doing a lot of things with AIDS during that time. And that was something that was not commendable or accepted um, to do. She did a lot of things that they didn't like. And um, when even the separation, I think that at some point they were trying to make it work or something. But 
it got to the point where they were encouraging a separation because she was too outspoken and doing too many things that wasn't quote unquote royal. They also consider her someone that was kind of like quote unquote ghetto. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, un, you know, underclass and just too open and too talkative. And the British are like, you know, especially the royal family is supposed to be very private. Like you don't you're yeah. not supposed to have any access to them besides pictures and whatnot. Meanwhile, everyone is talking about this and uh, it's not their father, but one of the queen's sons was involved with uh, the Epstein character. I know. Andrew. Prince Andrew. And nobody... Like, everyone stopped talking about that. But have you seen that any royal people writing a, what is it, a statement about the situation? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. They're not supposed to dish out anything. So the fact that Megan is bringing something up, like, I feel like at some point. Maybe she saw some shit. I'm just <laughs> speculating. Like, maybe she maybe she saw some, some real crazy shit there. And that she didn't want to be a part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Harry? Just I, through I, the process of I everything. have mixed feelings about Harry because I remember seeing pictures of him at a Hall- Halloween party with a Nazi uniform on, and it was another dude. A Nazi uniform with the red swastika on his, his arm and another dude in blackface in the back. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's uh, made amends with that, but... I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings about that whole family. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But that's another thing where they paint Prince Harry as someone that's very progressive. But you have situations where you've seen images like that. And it goes back to our conversation about people not thinking that they're racist, but have racist Especially tendencies. those liberal type of people. Those ones like who deem themselves progressive who goes to every Black Lives Matter march and, and stuff like that but at the same time they wouldn't let you uh, allow you to eat at their table. Separating ourselves <laughs> from the Meghan and Harry thing just in general do you believe that someone in relationship with a black person male or female can they still be racist? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a possibility. I've never seen it, but I think it's definitely a, a possibility. And why do you think it's a possibility? Because people are taught it at a young age. It's hard to like get that out of your 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 DNA or your your mind frame. I guess. Um, I forget what I was watching, but it was a long time ago. Um. This lady had kids with um, a black man, and they were no longer together. They they split up, but she had the kids. And whenever, I guess she took it out on the kids. Whenever the kids, she deemed the kids were doing something bad, she would call them like little nigga kids and this, that, and the third. But they were her kids. You know, one of the insurrectionists that stormed the Capitol um, early this year. Um, had a black wife and black children. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can see that it doesn't matter who you love, you can still be racist. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. And it's- and that's why it's like racism, the word, and like just talking about it is controversial for some people or like it boils people's... It's like know, religion to people in a sense. Right, where it's like you can't even have a conversation to explain why a person is racist mm-hmm. because they want to justify the fact that they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's not that we as black people are the only ones who are affected by it. Like, white people are affected Everybody's by it. So, affected by racism. You know, everyone is, is, is brainwashed. Everybody's affected by racism. Everyone's brainwashed and into believing that system. Like, if nobody believed in it, it wouldn't exist at all. Just like if nobody put value on money, money would just be pieces of paper. 
Racism is so f- powerful that people, some people think that we are in a post-racist world. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful racism is, where it's like, it's the bad word nobody wants to say or talk about, but it's still living and breathing and thriving. Yeah. And every so often, every three or four years, something crazy or quote unquote surprising happens. And oh my God, you know, we're going back to how we used to be when we, and nothing ever changed. Yeah. Do you think, <clears throat> today like these this generation this racism is similar to racism back in like slavery days yeah i just think it's a different experience <clears throat> the same way you know jazz and beatbop and all these old songs country music the the traditional you know start of it still kind of like seeps this way into like our music today. Mm-hmm. We still have forms of it here. It's just a different twist to it. So like racism is still alive. It's just evolved into something else yeah. or it just blends into what our lifestyles are now. Do you think that we will um, overcome racism within the future? I would hope so, but it, I'm not quite sure because nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. The only people that want to talk about it is the people that are oppressed. But mm-hmm. if you're not oppressed or affected by racism, why why should you care? Hmm. That's interesting you said that. Mm-hmm. I think that goes along with a lot of things like homelessness. Like if you're not homelessness, homeless, why would you care about Someone who yeah, is. we don't care. We don't even like, you know, go to a homeless shelter and donate or give food. Like mm-hmm. some people do care, but the majority of us are too busy to even think about it. Yeah. So put racism on top of everything that that's going on in your life. Like that's the last thing that you want to think of if you're not affected by it. Mm. So until people that are not being oppressed or discriminated through racism realize that racism is an issue and are willing to give up the privilege that comes with racism, then I think that we can move in towards a society that's post-racist. But until then, like, because racism comes with a lot of benefits for those that are, you know, not being oppressed or discriminated, it'll be a very long time until we see that. Dang. That's interesting. I think a lot of it is, too, that they use it. We all know that European Europeans and European culture is basically the minority of the the, the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they use the racism structure in order to keep their power. But <clears throat> the more the the more the world gets diverse, the more diversity in the world, the less power the less of them there there will be and the less power they will have, you know, especially with interracial relationships and people taking ownership of their narrative, mm-hmm. you know, and people accepting who they are and not letting things like colorism or racism or fat shaming or age shaming or whatever mm-hmm. control their lives. It's, it's like... The less power they have, the less of them it will be. So they're trying to do everything in their power to hold on to what little glimpse of, of power that they have. I can see that and understand that. But even if we live in a post-racist world, there'll always be something. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can function in a world where everything is positive and great and hunky-dory. I think there will be always something that kind of shakes things up a little bit. And makes it difficult for others. Yeah. So if it's not racism, it could be something that has to deal with sex and gender. Classism. You know, classism. I mean, it could be something that's completely new and different. But I think there will always be something that outweighs the good. It's very interesting. I, my prayers to um, Harry and, and Megan and little Archie. And I hope nothing crazy happens to them or their their family it's 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 very troubling that a culture 
who 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 deem themselves as quote unquote cultured and, and the greatest. The greatest will will practice such, you know, um disdain and just just subpar shit. Just hatred towards their own family. <laughs> just just barbarianism, basically like straight barbarians. Yeah, well, we'll see what, what happens and ends up being the outcome of these stories and experiences between those royal families, but Yeah. Alright, so I guess that's that on this episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great week. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in into today's episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Here is your quote of the day. No one is perfect. That's why pencils have erasers. Wolfgang Ribbing. Have a great day. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and have a good one, people. Peace.